a little better than it was it's when you're a talking. Little bit, yeah, but you're still all grainy. You're like you're currently frozen. <laughs> oh, if there's you your me, face. Try I'm try streaming. dropping the video, maybe. I'm streaming. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Shut, shut your stream down. You crazy bastard! What do you think Shh. you're trying to do? Wait, that's the what? optic what? house or what? <laughs> 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 Wait, can you... I'm confused. Oh Web.com podcast. We're back, fellas. What's going on? Uh, not much. Just just chilling. Hanging Rainbow. out. Nice little uh, pre-week four evening. Nice little mm-hmm. Wednesday evening. It's chill in the air. Yeah. It's it nice. feels like fall. I got my uh got my pint of Guinness here. Nice warm and mm. toasty beverage on a cool night. Mm. Ooh. I got my normal sized Bud Light. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, your hand! <laughs> I've got maple root beer. Oh, I got wow. a craft soda. Craft Party time. Soda. Getting Party crazy. Time. Well, uh, yeah. Okay. So here's the deal, guys. Before we get started on anything this week, I would like to apologize to the league, okay? <laughs> what am I apologizing for? If you listened to the week two podcast and found yourself underwhelmed with the level of analysis for your team or any other, I feel you, okay? (laughs) Because as I always do, as a good player, I went back and reviewed the tape, okay? This is how you get better. You go back, you hit the film room, you put your headphones on, and you listen, okay? And what I found... From listening to the week two podcast, you know, I was I was I was disappointed. Okay. I I didn't feel like I had the energy. I didn't feel like I had the level of analysis that everybody here is used to to hearing from us. And as the host, that's on me. Okay. And I'm I'm here to apologize to every listener of this podcast that we have built over a four year period. And I'm going to be better this week, everybody, okay? I promise. A real look wow. in the mirror moment, huh? Yeah. You know, That's... I just really had to swallow your pride sometimes and just say, you know, I was bad. <laughs> I kind of, I don't want any extra analysis, so can I just, like, skip that for my <laughs> team? No, you can't. Because <laughs> you're on my outline, and uh, you have at least three bullet points, as do every other team. Oh no. So, all right, guys. Well, that being said, let's jump into it. We're not taking any games off this week. Everybody's getting hit hard. And we also have some more trades to talk about before we get into that. Not anything like last week, obviously, with our just absolutely incredible week two trade deadline moment. But 
some significant trades nonetheless. And uh, that started with the one team that sat out last week's or last Wednesday's trade explosion. And that was Parker. And he came right back after all of that happened and traded for Allen Robinson and John Johnson from a Josh team that has seemingly embraced that this is not his season and he is going to move forward in a little bit of a rebuild. Yeah. And Parker got kind of um, roasted by a, the poll. A poll. The, poll. <laughs> the, the Anthony Potter Twitter poll uh, did, <laughs> did not, not go in his favor. Not at all. And I, I, I was kind of shocked too. I think you know I voted happened? fair. I think I voted fair too. Yeah. Um, and you know what happened? Trubisky gets benched immediately and. Alan Robinson has foals now, so it's looking pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Alan Robinson, perennially underrated player. Uh, no different than Keenan Allen, who we are going to talk about later on in the show. But those are two players that have never... I mean, Alan Robinson, after his 1,400-yard season in Jacksonville, I feel like was probably ranked adequately in the dynasty rankings. However, since that, since his injury and the comeback and all that, he's never been ranked where he should be, you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's kind of the perception here where we see a a guy give two firsts for Allen Robinson. and, And maybe some people are scratching their head. Like what? I don't see that at all. This is a premier wide receiver, young and, you know, he's the he's the guy there. He is the guy in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I, don't a, I don't have a problem with him giving up two firsts, especially with the the timing of it, like where there's this new like period in web when like late December where all the contenders go out and get their guys right away. You just never know when that kind of player is going to come available. So I don't have a problem at all with Parker going in and just seeing what Josh's price was and just paying it and just just getting them. Yeah, Just in case a player doesn't come around like that anymore. There's, there's kind of a stigma around Robinson, especially with like the quarterback play. Yeah. Um, and we'll see. Nick Foles is quite a change from Trubisky, so if that gives him a little boost, maybe that's nice. And I think also John Johnson is like a top safety, safety yep. when he's healthy. That rounds out his defense. So I think uh, Parker really improved in two areas where I don't think there was a whole lot of depth behind Juju, Odell, and Devontae. And with Devontae getting hurt, definitely was a time to make a move after everyone was doing their own moves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and John Johnson, like you said, Caleb, not a throw-in piece. I mean, that was nah. a real piece of this trade. You know, this is a this is a player that uh, you know a couple of years ago in that in that 2018 season was right alongside Darius Leonard on this defense as one of its top producers. I mean, it was insane. I, I tried to trade for him in 2018 and it was, it was a no go that Josh did not want to part with this player. Uh, and you know, here, here Parker bolsters his defensive unit. And on the flip side for Josh, uh, the two firsts, we, we literally talked about it last week, how he didn't have a lot of draft capital in the near future. And, uh, here he goes out and grabs my first in the upcoming draft. And your first, Caleb, in the 2022 draft. So, 
What do you think about the prospects of the 22 first, Caleb? You think your team could collapse? Maybe Josh uh, gets a top pick? No, I think there. We'll talk about my team later, but there could be a little. I don't. I don't know. That that might be a later pick. We'll see. I just. I don't even know how he got that pick. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't know any of it anymore. Yeah, those late first get passed around. Like, (laughs) I. I, They send those out every year. It seems like. Oh, is that? Um. Was that the Ingram trade? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the, the trade that sparked the controversy. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, God. The free Mark Ingram. Oh, my God. Lost, lost Ingram anyways because of the expansion draft. So, Second trade this week was Riley. And Riley went out and got a quarterback. Uh, did not feel necessarily comfortable with what he was seeing from Dwayne Haskins, not even including what happened this week with Haskins. So he goes out and well, yeah, and he goes out, goes to Dan, who just drafted two of the top three quarterbacks from this last draft in Tua and Herbert. Justin Herbert obviously gets his first start last week, looks pretty damn good. So Riley just jumps on it. Uh, very savvy move from Riley, um, picks him up for a second. Uh, and he also adds a third in that trade as well. So what, what did you think about the price that Dan had for Herbert at this stage? Did you think it was a good move for him right now or, uh, as far as Dan, I didn't have any problem with it. I I mean, with his quarterback situation, uh, where he's just got so many with Cam and Tua and, Daniel Jones, I didn't have a problem with him just uh, taking advantage of a... Because you never know with a rookie quarterback if he comes out and just sucks the rest of the year and loses any sort of value you could have had. So I don't have any problem with Dan just kind of getting out, picking up, a, upgrading a third to a second, and just getting out of the Herbert train. I don't know. I like this trade for Riley a lot. Uh, he didn't... Gave up a second, but got a third back from Carter. So downgrade a little bit. Be have the chance to get this franchise quarterback. Um, and with how quarterbacks, how important they've been the past few weeks, as you can see, I, uh, this is a great opportunity for Riley to get one of those guys and maybe not have to worry about using his first-round pick on a quarterback in the future. Um, and coming off a game where he looked great, I just, I don't know. I know he has the whole stable of quarterbacks, but... I feel like his value is going to keep going up. And he said in the tweet that he just wanted to recoup the value that he did with drafting him. But I, I don't mm-hmm. know. I feel like there was more value to get as as the season goes on. That's just, that, that's just what I thought. That trade was uh, 2022 second for 3.07. To take her okay. mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I mean, there's arguments on both sides. But, I mean, in terms of right now, uh, great trade for Riley to get a guy in there. Um, we had talked about his quarterback spot uh, in the preview show as as definitely a weakness. Didn't really know what we had uh, with Haskins, and yeah, I mean, if Herbert can hit and be the guy there and and put up the numbers that we're seeing with some of these top quarterbacks, then yeah, that'd be huge for Riley for that price. Um. Last trade of the week, low-key, but definitely impactful because K 
Kelvin goes out once again and adds another piece into his defense. Marcus May, who was picked up uh, off of waivers after a dominating week one performance by Riley, uh, Kelvin goes out and trades for him. And Riley gets Xavier McKinney, arguably the top DB in the class last year, uh, and also a third. So what did you guys think of that trade? I thought it was a real nice haul for Riley for a guy that obviously is in a much better situation with taking basically Jamal's job. Um, but it's a guy that I, I like Calvin getting this year, but and I don't I don't think he paid too much of a price, but I do like the haul that Riley got getting McKinney, getting that injured player, and picking up a third for a um a guy who potentially could be a stopgap, maybe just a this year thing for Calvin. So I like Riley capitalizing on that right away as soon as he could. Yeah, you pick a guy off waivers and you turn him into, uh, I mean, McKinney's got upside at safety and a draft pick out of it. I mean, you can't really complain. And I think it, with what May has been looking like this season, a solid move for Calvin still. So I thought it was a fair trade. Yeah, a very aggressive move by Calvin, which we like to see. Uh, he he knows where his weakness is, and he's attacking it. You know, he's going out. Obviously, the TJ Watt trade last week, and now this. Um, and when we talk about his team later, we'll see that uh, these moves are already paying dividends for that uh, defensive unit. So, mm-hmm. all right. Well, before we get into the games, I was kind of as I'm looking at each matchup. I there's a few things I'm picking out. And I kind of feel like I just want to talk about this up front because it was mentioned uh, in the sleeper chat today as well. So, and that is just the state of web. Uh, I think now with three games into this new era, this expansion era, uh, things are incredibly different. I mean, it's almost exceeding my own expectations for what the league was going to look like now, I mean, we, we are currently averaging 174.5 points per game as a league. That is nearly 20 points per game more than last season. So these changes, the quarterback changes and the half PPR, they have had a significant impact on scoring. And I just kind of want to talk with you guys about how are you liking things so far? What are your impressions with the with the changes? What is standing out to you as either a really good change, maybe something that you don't like? What are you guys thinking through three weeks? Um, I'm still a little disoriented on Sundays, trying to know if I have a good score or not. But other than that, like QB changes, as someone who compromised on them over Superflex, I am really enjoying them so far i think it kind of took out like it didn't make it so it's like if you don't have a quarterback for your second super or for your super flex spot that you're just kind of fucked um in this way you can get away with just an average quarterback but you can see like these russell wilson's and the patrick mahomes all that if you can get one of those guys it's like a true difference maker like russell wilson is just carrying parker this year so I think we struck a good balance with having these superstar quarterbacks um, be super important, but not just the position as a whole being like just overwhelming the other positions. Yeah, I think the quarterback boost 
turned out to be a really good compromise with where we're at. Um, we're showing quarterbacks do do um, make a difference now. I know Mingo's been asking about a certain someone, been some other people. Oh, juicy. Uh, but uh, also half PPR. It's kind of nice, you know, when your running backs get those catches, even if it goes for like two yards, a little boost makes me feel better. Uh, I guess it'll be interesting to see where we go with the defensive approach because, you know, we give these offensive boosts and didn't really counter it with defense or anything. Uh, we, I don't know. That'll probably be a bigger discussion at some point. Like, that'll be huge. But I don't know yeah. if we're talking about possibly boosting some of the defensive or maybe adding, I don't know, Dan wanted a defensive tackle spot. Like, there's so much you can do still. Um, but, well, yeah, so far I've enjoyed it. I checked, and they don't have a D-tackle spot, unfortunately. Yeah. Sleeper okay. is not conducive to that. I mean, we we like, we like had to give up cornerback when we moved to Sleeper because they didn't offer that either. So that was, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of just what that is. But I think in terms of the defense, I mean, this was already brought up, and we're going to vote on it at the end of the season. But I think just adding a tackle for loss point yeah. is going to is going to make a huge difference because I'm assuming that a tackle for loss is included in a sack. So you're making sacks five points, similar to how an interception is six because it's five plus the pass defense. Is that would that be correct? Um, I actually set up a new league just to like look at just like a fake mock league, just to look at defensive scoring and mm-hmm. like toying around with it and seeing how that changed the rankings. Um, and I I'd probably have to check on that if that counts with the sack. But the other things I was toying around with is uh, making solo tackles a little bit more and assist tackles a little bit less. Um. And then what else? They also have a QB hit stat that you can do, which upon looking at the QB hit leaders, it seems like something that will kind of maybe take away some of the sack variance from some of these stud players and kind of if your stud defensive lineman has a bad, some bad sack luck one year, I think the hit stat can kind of mm-hmm. even that out. So I was kind of toying around with how to add that in. But yeah, there's definitely some some options to get it up to maybe that same ratio that we had before the offensive scoring changes yeah uh definitely i mean what we have plenty of time obviously to see um exactly how uh offensive scoring has changed i mean we can look at it now but it could be very different in in by week 10 so we'll revisit that throughout the season um and then obviously have our votes at the end of the season for all changes but yeah so people should just Keep in mind that that is going to be a vote when making defensive yeah. player trades this year. Yeah, exactly. And start, I mean, start thinking about what you want to see and yeah, exactly. Start planning ahead um, because I have, I have a pretty good feeling that a lot, some of these things are going to be implemented for next season on the defensive side. So, um, but yeah, uh, going off of the quarterbacks, um, we're going to talk about this when we get into the games, but just kind of as a general preface to that, I have been blown away by the changes and how impactful they have been. I did not expect 
to see this level of separation between the top and the mid in terms of quarterbacks. I mean, yeah, you are now talking about a 20-point gap if you're starting a Pat Mahomes or a Russell Wilson or a Josh Allen versus starting somebody like Kirk Cousins or Ryan Tannehill or somebody like that who is getting about 20 points right now, 20 to 25 points, and these guys are getting 40 every week. Mm -hmm. And that is such a big deal at the end of these games, and I really feel like we found a way to make the quarterback position extremely valuable without watering down the quarterback field and saying, okay, now I need to be cognizant of this team's backup quarterback because I think he could start this season or something like that. Like we don't have to own those players, but we also now like I, like Caleb just said, I was inquiring to Caleb about a quarterback today or yesterday or someday. And I have Deshaun Watson and I'm inquiring about a goddamn quarterback right now. I mean, that's how impactful this has been through three weeks. And I really think that by the end of this season, we're all going to walk away from this saying quarterbacks are extremely valuable. And I don't think we need to add that second one into the lineup. Yeah. That's just my opinion, but I think it's going to be like really interesting too. Like where do you draft one? Like in a draft, like I think that could be like a factor in Dan trading Herbert is like, does Dan think Herbert is a guy that could be like in that tier or does he think he's a guy that's never going to get above like a 12th ring quarterback? Cause obviously like you can just kind of go get those if you need one, but these like Mahomes and Wilson type years, like, if you take a swing on a on like Trevor Lawrence, if you take him top five and he doesn't end up being that good, like you just kind of whiffed like big time. But if it does hit, it's like this is like a huge like twenty points per week, um, maybe. And what a trade would be like for one of those guys, like what Mingo. Like I'm trying to figure out what I would even ask for. There hasn't the precedent really hasn't been set with the new scoring. I mean, the only trade was Justin Herbert, and if we're talking about how, like how we're talking about it right now, then. Uh, even even more, I think Riley got a good deal on that. So, yeah, it's it's crazy times. I and I'm like you guys said, I'm still adjusting, trying to figure out how to value everything. And mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, I mean we're we're all relearning right now how to do this. And I mean to your point, Brock, if you take a guy like Lawrence or Lance in the top five, I mean you're taking a risk for sure, but. You're taking a risk when you draft most of these guys, you know? I mean, yeah. we, we I'm just kind of looking back here. and I mean, top fives in the last few years. I mean, names like Nikhil Harry, uh, Sony Michelle, Ronald Jones. Like, th- these are top five picks in the rookie draft. And, I mean, those aren't guys that you're going to say right now are, you know, living up to that sort of a draft status. So, you know, maybe a team like whoever goes out and says, I think that Trevor Lawrence can put up these numbers. He's got the athleticism. He's got the talent. I think he could be a 40 point per game player. I'm going to take him with the second overall pick or the third overall pick. 
And I don't think that that's a reach anymore. I mean, just seeing what Pat Mahomes did this week and, and realizing that that's not even his ceiling. That was a really, really good game, but I could have seen him passing for 75 more yards and an additional touchdown. And I wouldn't have been surprised. And we're talking about a 60 plus point week from that player. That is an obscene amount of points for not a historic performance, just an elite quarterback performance. So it's, it's, I'm seriously like, I'm very interested to track this throughout the season because I really feel like some of these quarterbacks, these the top end is going to show us why this was the right move uh, for the league. You think about like the championship years, like David Johnson with Parker, you had Gurley with Frazier. Now I think it's going to shift to the quarterback years, like Dan with Mahomes, mm-hmm. maybe me with Josh mm-hmm. Allen, Russell Wilson. Like that'll be more of the calling card of those teams. So that's kind of a cool switch. Did yeah. You just, did you just shoehorn Josh Allen? In the, 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 <laughs> the, oh, oh my God. <laughs> Come on. Hey, might be that the was MVP. Sneaky. I don't know. Him and Russ. <laughs> that was <laughs> sneaky. <laughs> yeah, no. I it's it's been great to see that. Um but just I mean, outside of that, I mean that's the most obvious change that we made. But I think just the even expansion, we can look at expansion yeah. and say this has helped the league. We now see this kind of separation of talent. Um, the rosters that you can look at on paper and say, okay, yeah, this is one of the best teams. Those teams are performing head and shoulders above the teams below them and, and you know, just way above the teams at the bottom of the league. We mentioned last week that Riley was averaging almost 100 points per game less than Dave. That's obviously going to kind of balance out throughout the season, but I still think that you could see a situation where it's 75 points per game <laughs> higher. And that's, I mean, in the past, it's been 30, maybe 40. I mean, I think that helps. Yeah, I just I like that. It's just, I don't really know the best way to describe this, but it, it just kind of feels like it's opened up more, like compared to like when I go into the Keel League and it's 10 teams, like, as a rebuilding team, I kind of look around and it's like, oh, this guy doesn't need a running back. This guy is kind of loaded at running back too. And it just feels like all these teams are just so much deeper when it's 10 teams. But I think this has made it where there's more, like obviously you have these teams with the studs, but there's most of them have an area of weakness that the rebuilding teams can kind of exploit. Whereas I think that doesn't show up as much with 10 teams. Yeah, and like Dan said too, with the waiver wire being much thinner, yeah. you can't just go out and pick up starters um, at all, uh, and that's going to put more emphasis on the draft as well. I think maybe maybe some of these teams that have been pretty loose with their first round picks, maybe they start to think about that just a little bit more now because you realize that you have to build through the draft. I mean. There, you know, everybody's trying to trade for these guys, but now Tim's kind of just jackknifed the whole league <laughs> yeah. into this yeah. like pocket of like, well, I can't do anything, and mm-hmm. I can't rebuild because I can't get first, and this guy can't, and you know, 
he's controlling the draft for the next two to three years, I think that that itself might start to kind of balance out, you know, how people are viewing picks. Because I mean, we you look at last year's draft, and I mean, teams one to twenty two didn't even have their own pick. I mean, it's <laughs> kind of shocking, but. It was actually worse than that. It was thirty-one, <laughs> God, that and that was absurd. that was traded. I think they got it back. <laughs> God, and that, you know that's not a bad thing. I, the trades are obviously exciting, and, and yeah. that's how we build these these huge monster teams. But just but yeah. something to think about as as you kind of notice that. Yeah, I can't really do this. Just you know, it's not gonna. It can't live off of that forever. So. I'm yeah. thinking to myself, I eventually have to make an, a draft pick, you know? Yeah, I was thinking about that today. Like, I think I had a Kareem Hunt and Chris Carson injuries, and I was like, in a year, in a year past, I would just send out my 22 first and just get a running back and not even think twice about it. And this morning, I was like, God, I don't think I can do that yeah. right now. Yeah. All right, well, all of that being said, that was a nice little 30-minute oh, intro oh. to this podcast. Uh, we have six games to talk about yet. So, and I'm, and I, like I said at the very beginning, I'm not going to shy away from the analysis on these games. So, we are starting with game of the week. I don't even think I sent the poll because it was so cut and dry this week. Yeah. The top two scoring teams in Web, Dave and Parker facing off. Dave uh, coming off of a 243 weak high victory over me and he goes in here against parker and it's just another absolute slugfest and uh he walks away with the scoring record for web god Mm -hmm. things are clicking for dave right now man it's again tyler lockett looks like he might be just the stud wide receiver he's been waiting for with the seahawks opening it up Eckler started off with the receptions thing with Tyrod, didn't have many looks. All of a sudden, Herbert gets in with a freak injury, and the receptions are back. Herbert's dumping it down. Um, And Kamara, like, oh, my God. Once Dave gets Kamara and McCaffrey back and pairs them, like, if he can maybe even have a Jared Goff 2018 year, we're going to see some things, I think, from this team. Yeah, it's terrifying. Like he did this with like everyone on his team contributed except like Darren Waller at one point nine. Like just massive numbers across the board. Shaq Barrett gets back into his groove. Uh Von Bell had a nice eight points, new acquisition, twenty one from Cooper Cup, so that trade already reaping um doing reaping benefits what he wanted and like you said, lock it. You know, we always talked about Dave having his wide receiver one. Well, <laughs> maybe it was there all along because he's just on a tear right now. Uh, overall, yeah, probably probably the scariest team in the league, right? Definitely the scariest team in the league right now. And I guess they just kind of hinges on Goff and Breeze if they can keep yeah keep, keep pace or with keep it close enough stun- with yeah, yeah yeah yeah. I think. Just to- to put his scoring in perspective, too, right now, he's averaging 240. Um, and we mentioned that the points are only about 28 points higher, a little less than 20 points higher than last year. So if you take 17 away from that, it's still 223. Yep. If you picture that the last couple of years. 
Yeah. No, that, that's exactly what I was going to say is that it, the, the question of the scoring record, it was not a, if it was a, when it was going to fall this season. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But you look at what Dave's doing so far through three weeks, and this is not a product of inflation of the league. I mean, he's certainly seeing a lot of help from the 0.5 PPR because a lot of his players get a boost from that, 100%. But, I mean, the quarterback might be his weakest position. I mean, he's he's not rolling out a guy like Mahomes every week, so... To see what his guys are doing, the running backs and the wide receivers and Darren Waller, I mean, it is unbelievable what these guys are doing so far. I mean, Kamara is back. I mean, this this is the player that before last year and being hurt and whatever was going on was potentially the number one dynasty asset. I mean, going into 2019, and he's back. I mean... Breeze is is more willing than ever to dump it off to him and let him make plays. And uh, this defense, guys, this defense, this is the number one defense in web, and it is not close. It yeah. is gross what this defense is doing. I mean, we're this is just 76 points. Per game, there was no help to defense this season. <laughs> he is averaging six points above the defensive record points per game yeah. right now. And this is a unit that we have just shit on for years. I mean, it has set records year after year, worst defense ever, year after year. And what is it doing this season? Unbelievable job by Dave to get this unit not only respectable, but to make it into something that is truly, truly elite. Yeah, if he, if he has like a, even if he drops off 10 points and has a 65 point per game defense when it's all said and done, like with his offense, I mean, we're looking at a potential, like great all-time web team here. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, I mean, unbelievable for him. I mean, and and we're not even, you know, this lineup is stacked. Like you said, Caleb Cooper Cup has a great debut for him. Tyler Lockett is is the guy. I mean, this is this is the wide receiver one that he's needed, and he made that trade last season, um, and and it's paying off big. But uh, also, just wanted to touch on the fact that we have pressured him on the podcast last season to deal his his pick, uh, his twenty twenty first. This that we said, you know, this is your time. You need to capitalize on this. And he held it. He he got Lockett by other means, but he held that pick. And Jerry Judy is gonna be on this team moving forward. That's that's a scary thought because this wide receiver room is suddenly crowded. And as Adam Thielen, you know, enters the late stages of his career and and starts to maybe tail off a bit as as Justin Jefferson takes hold there. Jerry Judy's going to slot right in to this group, and th- I mean, we're this we're talking about a Mingo era last year. I'm talking about a Dave era right now. This team is ready to do that. It's it's ready for for that level of dominance. I 
I'm, you know, if it sounds like I am, I am just flabbergasted by this team. It's because I am, because I did, I expected this team to win the Pack Five. I said that, and it's blowing me away. Just, I, I can't believe how good this team is. I can't believe it, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scary. He's, he's got ammo to make like a move yet if something comes up too. Daryl Henderson. To- Daryl yeah, Henderson popping bad. off right now. I mean, this is another one of his guys drafted first round pick. Guy's a the talent machine. My God. Okay. Well, uh, on the flip side of this game, I mean, Dave. Obviously, this is a the record breaking performance, an all time great web performance this week from Dave's squad, and yet Parker is walking away from this game disappointed. Because you know, you, you face a you, you face somebody who's breaking the record, you're like, okay, you know, what am I supposed to do? Parker mm-hmm. came out and scored 209 this week, his second 200 point game in three weeks. He's still averaging over 200 points per game. I mean, this Parker team is as dangerous as any right now. Yeah, who would have thought after trading Nuke this offseason, maybe a little bit of a retool move? that you saw but it's just got right after it he's got russell um we're seeing firsthand just how far one of these super quarterback years can take a team and right now it's taking parker to the second best team web by a pretty clear margin right now so that's it's pretty cool and he's got ceh it's it's a complete lineup all of a sudden it's ready to i think it's ready to compete for a championship i'm gonna go that far yeah, I think Parker is a team that's right up there in that tier with Dave. Uh, really well-rounded team, like we said earlier, as Allen Robinson, which is big. One thing, are we... The Odell trade was a pretty big deal. Was that last year or the year before that he traded that for Odell? Last year. The beginning of last year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't know. Is it time to start worrying about this? Because, I mean, he was the wide receiver... 25 or 30 whether in standard or ppr and then this season he's barely cracking the top 40 hasn't shown a lot this year or with with the browns um are we what what are our thoughts on odell he's not even like getting a ton of targets only six each of the past two weeks um i don't know that's a a (laughs) tough one like well okay here here's what i think Odell, that that leg injury, I mean yeah. that that changed him, man. Like I, I'm sorry, but that potentially derailed a historic career from this player. And I mean, I I really believed that the the hernia last year was was hindering him, and I'm I'm sure that it was. And I I think he's gonna have a good year this year. But I don't know what a you know what are you expecting if you're expecting him to be the wide receiver one, or you know in the top five. I think you're probably going to be disappointed. But I think his chemistry with Baker is improving. That offense is improving. Kevin Stefanski seems to have at least some sort of a, an idea of of how to get to get something out of those players. I just don't know if if this is going to be that, you know, Randy Moss level talent that it seemed like he could be after after that first season. 
Yeah, and even for Parker, I mean, I know he gave up three firsts or whatever for him. I mean, it's still is it's still his wide receiver three. Like we talked mm-hmm. about this team's yeah. uh three headed monster all last year. Switches Juju for Nuke. So it's still like it sucks kind of thinking about it. If you think like, oh fuck, I traded three firsts for this guy. He's not really what I want him to be. It kind of sucks, but if you put some perspective on it and kind of remember that he was injured and kind of just wait and see how this year goes, I think it still could be a solid player for him for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just crazy how he's come from. Like, I know when he was with, with Luke, it was almost an untouchable thing. Oh, and man. then got dealt, and then once again was almost untouchable, and then was dealt, and now it's just slowly... Like, it's only 27. It's just slowly dropped off. Well, it's like what I said last week. Dynasty moves fast. Moves faster (laughs) than you think. I mean, this you could look at this player in in 2015 and say to yourself, I just hit the mother load. And now, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's not the case. But Yeah, I was looking at his ADP like a week ago, and I was like back in that 2015 to 2017 spot. He was just never off of number one. He's just always the number one pick. Yep. Uh, Last thing I want to hit on with Parker's team is a very low-key thing, but uh, I went onto the free agency page on Sleeper this weekend. Games had already started. Searching out this player on the Buffalo Bills, wide receiver, rookie, oh, Gabriel Davis. And I come to find out that he's on a web team, and that's Parker's team. Is there a legitimate chance that Gabe Davis gets fantasy relevance on this Josh Allen-led Bills offense? Because he's looked pretty damn good through three weeks. I... I like Gabe Davis a lot. I was Parker was in on him early because I checked probably like two or three weeks ago and he already had him. Mm-hmm. But I still don't think if John Brown is healthy, I don't think you're going to get much out of him this year. But as far as like next year with Josh Allen's resurgence, I feel like this is a this is a player for Parker, something of value that he kind of just snuck out of nowhere. Yeah, I saw a poll on Twitter today. It was, who would you rather have? It was Gabe Davis or Brian Edwards. And I'm pretty sure Davis was leading the poll by a little bit. Jeez. Yeah, so maybe it's getting a little out of control. But, I mean, you've seen things from a guy that, I, I mean, I didn't really expect a whole lot from him. And I wasn't really sure what it would look like on the Bills' offense. But what with what they're doing out there, he's been put in a role where he can thrive and possibly be a good fantasy asset moving forward. Yeah, I didn't... Uh... Uh, my first, my introduction to Gabe Davis was uh, looking at a mock draft in probably the winter last year, uh, and he was mocked to the Packers in the first round, and I was like, wow. "Who's this guy?" So I'm, I you know, I looked into him. I didn't actually really watch his film, but uh, you know, he ends up being a fourth round draft pick. So obviously, whatever that hype was at that time wasn't the case, but. Um, Looks damn good, and I yeah could be a legitimate thing. Fourth round, fourth round in this wide receiver class is yeah. you know that's nothing to slouch at. This guy has talent. Yeah, and he's a but, he's like a big guy too. And I saw him. I think I saw that one sideline play that you probably saw too, where he kind of just like 
tiptoed on the sideline. I was like, yep. that was that looks like really nice. UCF, he's a national champion as well. So, oh. <laughs> all right, <I> agree. <laughs> moving on. Second game of the week. You know what time it is, Caleb. We're talking about Dan and Caleb because while Dave was out there setting scoring records, Dan was out here dropping a 239.3. Would have been the highest score of the season had Dave not done what he did this week. And uh, that was much in part to a 48-point performance from Pat Mahomes. Yeah. Yeah. Mahomes, that was pretty much my death. Well, I mean, I was down early, but watching Mahomes do what he did Monday night was um, discouraging. I don't know what I, I don't know what to say really. I, I haven't been able to get any freebie matchups. It seems like this season. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure I'm. I got the most points against. So, I'm I'm working my my dick off trying to <laughs> trying to win games. You're, you're <laughs> and, in the pack five. They're coming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I gotta yeah, wait. It's not getting any easier. Yeah, but um, yeah, Dan's team is, you know, he comes back, gets Miles Sanders after Saquon gets hurt, and only twelve points, but we know what he can do. DK Metcalf, even with his blunder, which was fun to make fun of at the time, came back, scored another touchdown. So all of a sudden, he's been getting catapulted up dynasty rankings. Um. A little bit of concern. Godwin's hurt again, so that could be a problem. Kenyon Drake hasn't really come through on what a lot of people thought would be a big season for him. Uh, so there's that, but I mean, otherwise, <laughs> I mean, I'm 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 talking a lot of shit, talking down about a guy who just scored 240. <laughs> so I really, yeah. Dude, last last week, I if you would ask me about DK, and I'm like, well, it's a good start. Four receptions, 90 yards each game. But he's not he's not gonna do that every week. And now looking at the Seahawks, I think he could. <laughs> like this guy legit might have at least four receptions and ninety yards and a touchdown every week. It's it's such a crazy stat line. It's like four receptions each game and like yeah. right the same yard, like crazy. Well, that's one of the things I want to talk about because DK is arriving. I mean, he he is emerging as one of the top wide receivers in dynasty right now. And I mean, let's be honest when Dan took him number one, that was a mega reach, you know, and, yeah. and you could even look at it after last season, after 2019 and say, you should have taken Josh Jacobs. I get it. You got your guy. He did pretty good. Should have taken Josh Jacobs. Well, DK Metcalf is, I, I mean, Josh Jacobs is kind of turning into an elite, you know, running back. People are already saying maybe the best in the league as it stands right now with everybody hurt. Um, but I, dude, with this Seahawks offense and with what they're letting Russell Wilson do now and kind of letting him run the show a little bit more than, you know, their running game, this is insane what he's doing and, and just, you know, the, the specimen that he was in the process is showing up on the field. He's burning guys. He's catching these deep bombs every game, it seems like, and outperforming Nikhil Harry by a landslide. Yeah. He was a player that yeah. was being taken ahead of him in many drafts. 
say Harry's like an afterthought kind of right now. We don't haven't really had a chance to talk about him at all, and it's crazy that they were pretty close together as the top receivers in that class, and one sort of like David Montgomery and Miles Sanders. Like Miles Sanders was probably maybe not as highly regarded as David Montgomery, but pretty close. And Montgomery's been quiet over there on Parker or on Carter's team, and Miles Sanders. I mean, he's just part of a Saquon trade, so. Interesting to see how that draft class is already playing out for these teams. Yeah. yeah, I remember at the end of last year in our like season review when we were talking about the the DK pick over Jacobs and we were kinda like, Yeah, it was like it was a good pick for him. Like DK's good. Um you got his guy, but it's like it was always that, yeah, Jacob is is better. Probably should have went Jacobs, but he got his <laughs> guy. And now it's just like I'd just rather have DK. <laughs> yeah, uh, I don't know. Crazy. I mean, it's it's definitely close. I think I'd still take Jacobs, but yeah, it's just the fact that it's definitely a conversation. Also, mm-hmm. it feels pretty goddamn good to hit on your guy when you yeah, go oh, yeah. out on a limb and go for your guy. I mean, when T. Higgins is a fourteen hundred yard, twelve <laughs> touchdown receiver. It's going to feel even better because I picked him at eight when ADP told me that was wrong. And that's exactly how Dan's feeling right now. And even more so because he put his name on the number one overall pick and yeah. said, this is my guy. So I'm pretty sure <laughs> I've been too scarred to have the cojones to do it. <laughs> Seriously, if that doesn't work, it's just like... <laughs> You have so to you trust yourself. Talk about that for years, years. Yeah. You have to trust yourself. You know who better than yourself? You know you're running this team, and yeah. we've seen so many times players that you know. If you listen to the ADP, how many times does that burn you? I mean, and that's not to say that you know you could tell that those players weren't going to be good. You may have liked those players, but if you just go out and grab your guy, if if what you see on the tape is is you know. A, ref- a reflection of, you know, I want to take this player here by all means. And it works out. I mean, I, there's a lot of players when you look back through the draft where I think us as a collective whole, the scouts elite sector of us, we had players that were like, eh, whatever. I'm not, I don't really care for this player. And honestly, a lot of times those are the guys that kind of fade out. Not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Our hit yeah. rate's not bad. Dude, yeah, listening to ADP instead of going with your guy, is this how you end up with uh, Bishop Sankey over <laughs> Odell Beckham? <laughs> oh, the classic geez. example. Yeah, like it's that. like Keyshawn Vaughn. If yeah, I was just going to him off. First, he was yeah. like top 12, if, top 10 dynasty dude, ADP. Keyshawn Vaughn, if this was our first year, web would have been a top five pick. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee it. And by God, did he fall? And look who's laughing now because yeah. he fell in all like both. I think yeah, because I got on money web like at the end of the second kill dynasty. He went like was it end of second, early third. I like was fading him so hard. I took AJ I mean, Dillon before him before his downfall. Yeah, like I don't know if that's more on us being more aware of guys like that. Or if it's just, I trust us, man. I trust we, you know, let's not, let's not kid ourselves. Okay. We've been at this for a while. We've seen (laughs) the players that hit the players that miss. 
I, I trust myself as an evaluator more than I trust the internet to tell me who to take. That's why I took T Higgins and we'll find out if that's correct or not. But Dude, for Dan, it's working week. out. Yeah. He, <laughs> but you're damn right. He did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Caleb, we're moving on buddy, because like you said, uh, you have kind of had a short end of the stick. I, I can feel you in that regard, uh, after what happened to me last week. Um, but, your team, the this retooled roster performed pretty well. Uh, you had a lot of new faces in the lineup. We weren't really sure what to expect, but the team came out and scored 187.68, and uh, the face of that was your new wide receiver acquisition, Keenan Allen, <laughs> player that I mentioned earlier uh, that has never had a dynasty ranking that reflected his contributions on the football field. Um, and you know, what, what a game for him. Yeah. 19 targets. That's 13 receptions. I mean, if, if Herbert's going to be feeding him like that, all of a sudden Keenan Allen is, uh, a very valuable asset. I, I didn't really know what to expect with him. I was pretty much just looking for a, a good solid, um, I guess probably above average, very good receiver that would have a better floor than Mike Evans maybe would. And I really wanted to get Gibson. So that's sort of where my thought process was. But um, yeah, I love seeing Keenan Allen coming out and do big things. Um, Kenny Galladay back in the lineup scored a touchdown. Todd scored a touchdown. So some good takeaways. Um, I know Mixon didn't have the best debut. I'm, I'm reminded again what it's like watching that Bengals offensive line and how much it pains me to see him getting tackled three yards behind the line of scrimmage. But <laughs> I I knew that coming in and I have faith it'll turn around when I when I need it to. So yeah, I don't know. Just it was a solid week, but I was playing Dan. So what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? <laughs> and yeah, there might I know we didn't talk about last week, Nick Bosa went to IR, so that kind of sucks. Luckily I'm pretty deep at defensive line. But so, uh Greg. All right. <laughs> um, on, the, on the bright side, <laughs> you moved up positive and more plus. You got that going for you. Oh, well, that's it's all lost. that really matters. <laughs> it, so, well, hey, it does. That's, My God. Where, where am I in the rankings? Plus is telling the story this season. Ooh, the rankings. I know I, I, had, a, I had a bad week one, so I'm I think probably you're fifth late. or sixth. One of the, I think you're fifth. See, that's sure. where when I'm thinking about my team, like, that sort of retoolish move like i don't think i'm i'm not on the tier of like these parkers daves and maybe even dan's um but i think i want to remain competitive enough if like if i can just luck into a few wins earlier here um i can remain competitive enough to maybe snatch a playoff spot when i'm playing the rest of the pack five so dude you're kind of doing a 2019 fraser i, was I, I just, almost worked <laughs> yeah yeah it's basically where like i was just thinking about that earlier too it's like you know he almost backdoored into that. So Dude, get out. I got out to like a six and one start and just fucking retooled it. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna close to the playoffs. I might win. Yeah. Oh god. So we'll see how it works. Cause I mean, I'll get be getting Debo back, which will be nice. That'll be it. That's that was a big part of the Cooper Cup trade. So and possibly some more trades in the coming weeks. We'll see how the team does. Big matchup against Calvin. Almost up. certainly more trades. I would say, but. Uh, 
Uh, last thing I wanted to hit on with your team before we move on, uh, kind of highlighting some of the rookies uh, that have been performing pretty well this season so far. And one of those is Anthony McFarland, who yeah. looked pretty good on six touches for the uh, Steelers offense that, you know, you never know what's going to happen to James Conner. Oh, I'll tell you what's going to happen. He's going to get hurt in a couple weeks. But, uh, yeah. I think we do know. <laughs> Uh, Anthony, yeah, no question. I liked him a lot. He fell right where I wanted him in the third round and finally starting getting some run in that offense. Honestly, I'm not a huge Benny Snell guy. Um, I think McFarland's just got that, that juice about him when he gets the ball, he's just lightning in a bottle, just flying all over the place. The opposite of James Connor. Some might say, yeah, literally. (laughs) So I think he should be able to work himself into a nice complimentary back, even when if Connor stays healthy. So be fun to watch him. It'll be fun to watch Gibson. He scored another touchdown this week. So, And then even then, I'm getting Lindsey and Bell back. So all of a sudden, I have a ton of running backs that I don't really know what to do with. So, yeah. I, yeah, I, tw- great. <laughs> I tweeted on Sunday that I was uh, experiencing a fight with some hindsight induced depression and uh one of those one of the factors in that was seeing that uh pff has antonio gibson currently graded as the number six running back in the league and then i also saw just today that uh he was picked (laughs) only one spot off of where elvin kamara was picked three six three uh third round 67 for kamara and 66 for gibson and i was like well there it is he's kamara he's <laughs> literally kamara. kamara i traded kamara for a worse receiver than the one that i traded that's <laughs> good okay but also i was having that little bit of like post trade like thursday night when they were the dolphins were just giving miles gaskin the ball like the entire uh, yeah. game and i was watching him had 22 I was, carries i was like i was what? like you gotta be kidding me! I trade, I trade that guy, and he becomes a bell cow for the Dolphins. Like, come on! I knew this. Yards per carry, baby, all the way. <laughs> yeah. So, don't don't sleep on Miles. Hey, seriously though, don't. Um. Okay. We're gonna move on here. Third game. Uh, moving to Frazier and Colin, because oh, this was a game that we had watched with uh, great, great interest. <laughs> On the Monday night game, um, Tyron Matthew needed, I think, 13 or 14 points to to have what would have been one of the greatest upsets in web history, and he fell mm. short. And Frazier, you battled your way. It was it didn't was not pretty at all, but you battled your way to three and zero. I I actually missed. Sunday night, I completely missed uh, Honey Badger sitting on his lineup. I just didn't see it. I thought the projections were fucked up. And oh, I thought, like, really? I, yeah, Sunday night after the Packer game, I was like, oh, got the win locked up. And I was like, why does it still say 138 when he has 130? <laughs> and I, like, scroll down. I'm like, oh, Christ. I'm going to get my heart broke by Honey Badger. But luckily, I did not survive. Um, wasn't a great week upset but got the win i guess that's all i can say <laughs> it's t- yeah i don't even know what it i mean rogers 30 points he came up very clutch for you at the end um i mean if he doesn't what did he run in what was the last touchdown did he throw to like rob tanyan 
Like yeah, if that if like that, that doesn't happen, this game is. Uh, yeah. I mean that, that's was... a difference. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, close. I don't know. Dealing with maybe some injuries with Chris Carson and Kareem Hunt. Um, DJ Moore didn't do a ton in the debut. Mike Williams. Did he get hurt in the game? He only had one target, so I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. I've had a lot of those so far this year. Yeah. I have a player yeah. hurt halfway through. Jordan Reed. I was, in, <laughs> I was in a real bad spot after that Lazard bomb, like not knowing how what Carson's situation was yet. Um, this team has kind of been. I know there was a bunch of those like serious serious injuries in week two, so I kind of was like, eh, I'm doing all right but it's i've kind of been ravaged by these minor injuries yeah. which kind of sucks those are like at times those can be almost worse because you start them and then they get you yeah. like maybe five or six points and it's like well fuck but yeah so it kind of took a step back and like put some players in the block but kind of regret that now a little bit but <laughs> you know what hey, those man, players you gotta are get it out you got to get it out of your system yeah. They're still out there. I kind of looked at my web schedule. It's pretty soft from this point on. We're 3-0. I think the defense is going to rebound. I have faith in the talent that I acquired. It started out bad, but I think we're going to get back on that end. Hopefully get healthy, get Julio and Kittle back would be nice. But it's true. For this point, we're, we're 3-0. That's good. <laughs> it is, in fact. Uh, I do kind of forget that the Pac-5 is a little bit softer this season um, because the two worst teams in the league are in the Pac-5, and Josh is currently entering a rebuild, sort of. So, yeah, the schedule for you moving forward will be fine. Um, you're eighth in the league in scoring right now, so obviously uh, far from ideal, but, I mean, that's kind of just... Your team, man. It's I, the past that's, couple of years. It's just been a scrappy team. Like you haven't really put up those gaudy numbers, but you just find a way to to get it done. And I mean, you looking at you know the defense was was subpar again this week, but uh, lone bright spot there was another rookie to spotlight, Jeremy Chin. Yeah. Of course, I would inquire about him the day before he has his 12 tackle performance. And if he was, he was untouchable at that point. And and now he might be your, you know, the most untouchable player on your team, but (laughs) possibly. (laughs) Yeah, that was my target in the third round. I was happy. Fell to me. Made a couple trades, get some other DBs that fell apart. So now he's kind of really important. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I remember was... in that uh, in that show that we did the uh, the where we talked about potential sleepers. You, I think it was you that actually brought up Jeremy Chin. Uh, one of us did, and and said he was you know this incredible tackler from the DB from the secondary, uh, and here it is already twelve tackles this week. Yeah, I was begging people to take him. <laughs> <laughs> Please take Jeremy Chin. He's, like he's so good. Yeah, and there's. I mean, interesting to see like some of these later round safeties. Like third third round was Chin, and fourth round was uh, Antoine Winfield. Like these are guys that are probably going to lock up safety roles for the foreseeable future. So yep. some great picks there in the draft. Um, maybe we'll see a. 
I don't know. Safeties are weird, but maybe, or DBs, I guess it's to say, but maybe those will get bumped up boards after seeing what Chin and Winfield are doing here. I mean, D lines are going in the first linebackers are locked in as going in the second. The only position that hasn't caught up on defense is DBs. And that was, I mean, and and granted it wasn't a great class this year. I mean, we, we didn't have star names this year. Um, but like, I mean, yeah, chin and and Winfield off to great starts, um, and guys that, you know, we could have, you know, we did say could be good producers, uh, in terms of fantasy stats. So we'll see, maybe, maybe, uh, we see one go in the second this year. Yeah. Uh, flip side of this game is Colin who, you know, you didn't score many points, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he did give you a run for your money. He was right there in this game, um, and it was—I mean, it was his lowest output of the season. I mean, uh, he he'd been over 150 last week. He drops down to 135 this week, uh, and a big reason for why the team even was in the conversation this week was James Robinson. And yeah. I'd like to talk to you guys about this player because it's a guy that was not on the radar at all. Um, undrafted player, Leonard Fournette gets cut. People are scrambling to pick up Ryquel Armstead and uh, these other guys who I, I don't even know their names from that backfield. And who's the person who emerges here? It's James Robinson, and he looks legit. Yeah, it was. I didn't watch the game, but I mean, he is getting a lot of hype. I think it's, from what I've seen, I think it's warranted. I think we could possibly have another Chris Carson situation happening where this guy just kind of comes out of nowhere and might all of a sudden have the job for like three years. And it's like, that's like a really good fantasy player. So, yeah, I think it's it's a huge, a huge emergence for Colin's team. Whatever he decides to do with him, he could honestly keep him at this point. Yep. Yeah, he's young enough where he could just maybe ride along with it. I know I, I actually uploaded a video of Robinson um, on my channel, and I I didn't really – well, I watched closely, but I was like – they pretty much relied on him to do everything there. Like, he was the entire team. Like, it's fucking – what was it, Illinois State? Yeah. Yeah, so they didn't really have much else there, and teams were stacking the box against him, and, and he was still – like, you see how physical he is, and I don't know, I guess – I kind of liked him, but when he went undrafted, I was like, ah, I, I guess that was kind of a miss. And then all of a sudden, like his name pops up with the Jaguars. And I'm like, huh. And I really should have picked him up, I guess. In hindsight, we all should have, but I was just right. like, <laughs> I was like, because I didn't even really, I was like, James Robinson, that name sounds familiar. And then I remembered, I was like, oh, it's too late. Colin has him. And then I guess the rest is history now. Like he's top five scoring running back right now which is Dude, just insane if colin shows a knack like those there's like more players that just kind of pop up like that than you think there is like each year it's just like chris carson uh philip Lindsay, yeah uh, george yep. kittle was that way i just like picked him up like patrick lucky, mahomes basically well, yeah, yeah i mean well, yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Colin, Colin has, has, we talked about this last week, how, you know, I, I said that I was kind of almost surprised at, at Colin's development in such a short time being a new dynasty player. I've seen a lot of nuance from him. I talked to him quite a bit 
Um, and, you know, just honestly hearing the way that he talks about players, I mean, going back to before the season and, you know, but even before the rookie draft, you know, he, he's talking about people in a, in a completely different way. Like th- this is a person who is very clearly caught on to this very quickly. He's, he's started to kind of understand, uh, some of the nuances of, of, of playing dynasty and James Robinson was a player that he was incredibly excited about uh, even before what happened this week because he he had been talking to me and he was like, you know, I think I should trade this guy, um, but I don't want to because I like him a lot. And and uh, <laughs> that there, I mean, he has a 30 point game this week. And that, and of course, me being me, I was like, hey, Colin, what do you want for James <laughs> Robinson after 30 point week? Yeah, he's not I was, anywhere. I there's been a lot of times where I've convinced my head to risk it all for James Robinson for this year. <laughs> right? I know. I was like ready to give my fucking 23 first for this guy. I Dude, mean, I watched I... that game and I from what I saw from James Robinson, I felt like this is a real player in the NFL. Like this is a guy who's going to be there on that team starting for them. Uh, moving forward, that's uh, that's a real thing. My uh, two first gets spent. It's getting spent on James Robinson. I'll tell you I that. Might take, might take more than that. Yeah, I might. <laughs> um, big. I don't know. A big disappoint. A little bit of a disappointment on Collins' team. Sample didn't have the game we were all hoping for. <laughs> After all the chatter. This- yeah, how about this matchup? Two tight ends that are both off rosters now. We're started against each other. <laughs> My Only God. started Bob Tanyan. Just that seeing Jordan yeah. Reed back in circulation was special, honestly. But, <laughs> um, last thing with Colin, I feel like this deserves to be mentioned, uh, is Alan Lazard because uh made a trade with you, Caleb, for this player. And... Yeah. Uh, we there, you know, you could speculate quite a bit about Lazard's role in the offense. Uh, what we saw last season, them not drafting anybody. What was Lazard going to be for this team? But I don't think anybody could have guessed that Aaron Rodgers was going to come out here and be in peak MVP form, uh, and turn you know his wide receiver two into a player that you know Allen Ro- or Allen Lazard could seriously have one of those like 1100 yard eight touchdown seasons this year with how this offense is rolling right now. Revisiting that trade. It was Jamal Adams for Alan Lazard, a 2021 second Caleb and 3.09. Yeah. I mean, I think it was definitely one of our web factors. I want to say getting into the season and it's already paying off. I mean, yeah, with Rodgers playing at this level again, any receivers in the system, well, I guess we'll see if MBS, what he starts doing, but uh, they're going to be valuable. And, um, yeah, big for Colin. I mean, I still like having Jamal, but obviously Lazard, it's paying off for him. Yeah. Yeah, another uh, nice little trade for him, a piece that he can hopefully build on moving forward, starting to kind of see how this lineup's taking shape. All right, moving on. Next game, Carter and Tim. Uh, selecting this game because Carter is two and one 
and is currently scoring more points per game than Frazier's squad, very slightly, but 169.2 for Carter. We talked about this team last week, and, oh, man, I I, I mean, it's not – the top end of the league is just too good right now for Carter, but it's just very encouraging to see this team – uh, and, and some of the names that are that are really starting to kind of show themselves as, as you know legitimate producers on a week to week basis. This is a good team. Yeah, he had. I think I'm going to give him the weird team of the 2020. I'm giving him that award, but it's like <laughs> very revered like, award in West. Yeah, I was going to say who, who got that last year. I don't know. <laughs> Probably Josh. Honestly. Yeah, I feel like Josh has the record for weird team of the year. Josh and Kelvin definitely. It's like it's like he had some of these players that were kind of like lost some luster, like just in general, like David Montgomery. Font Diggs got traded to the Bills. You're kind of like, well, what's going on with that? Gallup gets CD added, and it's just like. Especially specifically with Montgomery and Diggs, like things are kind of like looking up, especially for Diggs. Um, so it's like there's some things that you like here, but obviously, like Mingus or said, um, is just kind of pretty far off, like these top teams still. So he's kind of just in this weird uh 2010 bucks range, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think. Uh, I was going to talk, yeah, Stefan Diggs is a guy I'm, I'm trying to get in a lot of leagues. Uh, he's looking like the number one target in that offense where they're throwing it a ton. And it's a guy who's still only 26, which is crazy because it's his sixth year in the league. <laughs> so um, still got some juice left in him. Michael Gallup, like you said, they, they add C.D. Lamb. Um and all of a sudden, Cedric Wilson is relevant too. But that's how it is with Dak throwing the ball freaking sixty times a game, and McCarthy's wait a minute, offense. wait a minute, wait a minute. Cedric Wilson is that that guy? Yes. yes. That Why does she even want for Josh? Oh I was gonna put it in the chat, but I didn't really know because Dan had su- sort of like subtweeted because he was retweeting old scouts elite tweets, and one of them was like. Cedric Wilson might be the best wide receiver in this class. Or something. <laughs> Holy that, shit. This week he went out and scored, I think, two touchdowns um, and I looked good. Guy running around there. Number 10 or something, right? Is that him? I I can't Some remember like, the number. Running around. I was like, who is that guy? Why is he out there? So Cowboys actually have four wide receiver ones now. Oh, wow. uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like you said, it's a weird team. There's guys that are starting to show, um, and they're yeah, I it, it's weird. Like he's he's good enough to compete each week, but he's not quite on the level of the top teams. So, and he doesn't have his own first or anything. So, he's really got nothing to lose. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, just a weird spot to be. Well, and that's that's part of this new like league profile that we're seeing. I mean, you're gonna have mid mid level teams, you know. And uh, one thing that, you know, I, I don't know if this is something that we would explore moving forward, but it may beg the question, do we go to six playoff teams? Yeah, it's something that I was thinking about, because what is, 
what is the new format for the NFL next year? Seventeen it's, games. It's like yeah. half the teams. Well, they're only doing one buy or is it two buys? It's gonna be weird. We're I think it's weird. Another weird okay, situation I, next year. Yeah, I remember when that came out, and and it sets up perfectly for that first round buys for the one two, and then yeah. the three five that that whole thing. We we could definitely pull it off in web uh, if people wanted to do it with the new NFL schedule. And honestly, just kind of seeing you know we'll have a whole year to look at after this, but. I mean, there there are some teams here where you're going to be talking about good teams that are missing the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, and and there's that team in the NFL every year, you know that that six seed wild card who who's sneaky and you know has a good team. And I can see those teams in web now, where it's like you know maybe I do want that team to have a chance at at yeah. a postseason run. You know. Yeah. yeah I, I didn't really think about that really with because I. Yeah, I don't know, because there's going to be good teams that are definitely left out this year, and it feels like they should have a, I don't know, I guess. And you're still giving I, the first, and, and you're honestly incentivizing doing better second. because you get yeah, a buy now instead of having to jump right into it. Yeah, I don't know if there, if there was a possible way to make the three and four seeds like an incentive to get those three and four seeds rather than just having just a straight-up one-week playoff round. Not sure if you give them like a point cushion or something like that. Give them a like home that. field advantage. Give them the five yeah. boost. Because I I would like to still have that be like incentive Make it more to get in the top four. Yeah, yeah. Because yep. the playoffs might not be as like this year probably like it might not be as good of a playoff race because you've got it's a pretty like the disparity between good teams and bad teams. Like it would be kind of nice to have a little race to try and get that three four if you're. Yeah. If, if the playoffs, like if there's six commanding teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd yeah. be, I'd be open for that. So you don't have these teams. just kind of no man's land where it kind of seems like yeah, harder might be shaping make, up to into. You don't want to make the regular season like matter less. Like, cause in web, like a lot of times it comes down to the last week of the season. And if we make it like six teams, yeah, I don't know. But if we do inf- incentivize getting third or fourth, I can make it interesting too. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's something to think about. Something that we can definitely explore, and especially now that the NFL, because I mean, the big thing was that it it worked out perfectly before. You know, you finish up in week fourteen, you do fifteen, sixteen, then you don't have to worry about seventeen. Well, now with the extra game, it it works out to do it this way, where you can have a three week span. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what people think. I'm intrigued by that for sure. Um, very quick on Carter before we switch over to Tim. Uh, Brandon Ayuk has his kind of marking game, <laughs> kind of a theme this week. We were yeah. seeing a lot of rookies that are out of this loaded class that are kind of putting their name on the map so far in the young season. Yeah, a lot of people didn't think they would emerge yeah. this early too with COVID. Yep. And especially with, you know, that offense being kind of stripped down and Nick Mullins being the quarterback, but Ayuk <laughs> had a great game, so. Yep, yeah. Uh, moving on then quickly to Tim. Obviously, we know <laughs> what you, this, Tim. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Tim's, Tim's. Uh, it, when, when it comes time to do the mock drafts for 2021, Tim will have his moment, um, but for, yeah. for 
purposes of this season, we're just kind of following this team and and how some of their some of the young players are doing. Um, obviously, Joe Burrow uh, is is continuing his his good game, and and that was most of his offensive total this week, which was sixty one point six eight. And uh, Goder is out for eight Rip. weeks or something. Yep. Brian Edwards so, is hurt now too. So what? Well, let's take oh, a look geez, at his receivers. Great. What? Yep. High ankle sprain for Brian Edwards. So does he have anyone he can play at receiver? John Hightower, Zach Pascal. All right, he'll he'll be fine. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, One of them is getting a web start this week. <laughs> it's, you know, great opportunities for some of these guys to yeah. to, to make. That, you love to you see know, it. I just like to say that Tim's War Plus is currently the worst of all time through three yep. weeks. So, I think one of these teams is going to beat it. I think definitely think it's going to be Tim's. Um, there is something about Tim's team though that I want to bring up. Uh, Jalen Hurts. What are the chances that Jalen Hurts starts games for Philly this season? Uh, very little. Yeah, unless okay. once gets hurt, I think. Yeah, what's that your narrative? Your chance, push, yeah. What do you think? I don't think there's any chance he overtakes a healthyish Wentz. Carson Wentz looks terrible this season. <laughs> he looks terrible. He looks well, unplayably bad. And the Jill Eagles just tied the Bengals. <laughs> I, no, I, I don't think so either. I didn't like Jalen Hurts as a prospect, but I just I think there's a chance that. This Eagles team goes down the stretch here in one of the worst divisions, the worst division in football by a mile, and they can't compete with these teams. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Carson Wentz, but that was laughable. That game with the Bengals, you tie the Bengals. Wasn't it like... Wasn't it like two years or like a year ago where people were like this Eagles team was the deepest roster of all time? Yep. And I was like, all right. Gregor's hurt. They don't have receivers. Goddard's hurt. You know, they're just the, the line is shredded. Wentz doesn't look the same. I mean, this team's a mess. And I, I mean, I don't necessarily think that they would bench Wentz, but it, it it is interesting because Tim drafts Jalen Hurts and nobody really knows what that means or, or even why the Eagles picked him in the second round, and now it maybe starts to get a little bit more interesting. But we'll see. Uh, one player I wanted to uh, J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. And I'll bring it up with Josh's team too, where it's like these guys we were expecting to like maybe not tear up or anything, but like be good contributors and. I mean, Dobbins only got one carry in that game. And I saw a tweet. It was like, Dobbins goes out there, makes one good good, good play, and then gets benched for the rest of the quarter. And I'm like, mm. that's so true. Because every time he comes out, he makes a play. But they just, like, Ingram's still good, but they just love giving it to Edwards, too. Gus Edwards, too. I mean, I guess it's probably good for Tim because save a little bit of that wear, and he's trying to tank. So that's all right. But it's just interesting, like even more with DeAndre Swift getting outsnapped by Carrion Johnson, Adrian Peterson, yeah. which we'll touch on. But like these rookie running backs, AJ Dillon not even seeing the field. Like second round running backs have not, we yeah. haven't seen much yet at all. That's it's one of those things like with Dobbins and and Dillon where like I get that there's more to it than what I can see. Where I'm like, oh that guy Dobbins looks explosive on that play. Where it's like. 
maybe the coaching staff is seeing something that I'm not seeing that they don't want to fully yeah. unleash these people yet. And these are like Super Bowl contending teams. But like, what the hell are the Lions doing? Like, <laughs> why yeah. is Swift not just getting all of it? I mean, your team sucks. I mean, there there was a post on the Dynasty Reddit today um, just kind of saying, you know, for everybody panicking about your running backs, uh, just relax because second round or later running backs typically don't start well. Uh, they're kind of, you know, it's it's not something where you're going to see that right away. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, these are guys where, you know, the, we – we thought they had, you know, extreme talent, still do. Um, but it's going to take some time. And like you said, Brock, they might just be working them in, um, yeah. you know, not showing their cards yet. Um, but, yeah, I mean, a guy like Swift where it's like he's not really even getting involved. And I, well, let's let's just switch right over because the next game I have here is Kelvin and Josh. Yeah. Um, and let's let's start with that uh, because Josh, you know, he, he enters kind of a new era here and you know, ushering in a, a sort of a rebuild. Um, he, he has the championship under his belt. He sees an opportunity to get better moving forward and, and improve the future of his franchise. So he does that. Uh, and that started with the draft last year with Swift and Akers. Akers obviously hurt right now and Swift just not really getting involved yet. But I mean, I obviously we're not, you know, we're, we're not going to sit here and, and say, you know, w- w- were those the right players? Should nah, he have traded yeah. Sutton for, you know, whatever, but uh, what do we expect, I guess, uh, from the 2020 season for, for those guys? More specifically, maybe Swift, because I think there were expectations that he was going to come in and just kind of take hold of that. I I just have no idea with Swift at this <sighs> point after getting, like, what was it, like five snaps or something? And it's like, it's just AP comes in and you're giving him 23 carries, like, at this point, I like Swift could just not play the rest of the year, and I guess it wouldn't shock me because it's Matt Patricia, and I'm like, well, you just don't really know what you're doing, and that's just like, yeah, I don't see yeah. why he wouldn't just play, but it's weird. Yeah, it's like you said, I I don't know, and with Acres too, like all of a sudden uh, Henderson, he's looking good, like this second round, I don't, I don't know, I. Like we've seen it before, like second round running backs, like carry on Rojo a couple years ago. Those were the big things. And it just never really has turned in. Like I'm, I'm all in on taking running backs later rounds. Like freaking James Robinson was undrafted. We had Aaron Jones was a fifth rounder. Jamal was fourth. And I just, I, I don't know. I, well, it'll, it'll get, work out, I think, but you get spoiled because the 2017 running yeah, back class is special. just, it's you may never see that you know for another twenty years that was yeah. that is constantly revisited and I'm just shocked every time I see that the names out of that class just an entire new wave of running backs in the NFL came out of that draft and so I think there's some expectations that you place on these players that maybe aren't super realistic but it's um, like. And guys like Josh Kelly's a fourth round pick and he's already he's scoring touchdowns and getting like twenty carries a game. Antonio yeah. Gibson's scoring touchdowns as a third round pick. It's just like Yeah, be- and 
I'm not, and I'm not trying to, you know, by, by saying what I'm about to say, I'm not saying that, you know, we shouldn't, that these picks were bad or that we should. Yeah, no, it's way too early to say What I'm, like I want to say is like, I feel like this season, the dynasty community and Austin Webb kind of following along with that moved away from the notion that wide receivers are king in, in dynasty, uh, because you know, the longevity and you kind of, you know, a a guy like Jerry Judy, you expect to make an impact on your team longer than maybe like a, you know, a JK Dobbins or something like that. But I think there's like this perception that the running backs will help you quicker and therefore you want to take them. And a guy like Jonathan Taylor, absolutely. Um, Edwards, Alaire, absolutely. But, you know, you move past that bracket. Yeah. And I think maybe we have kind of a, you know, Guys like Dobbins, that I don't know if that player was going to help you in 2020. You know that. that sure. I, I think maybe it's it's something that maybe was overcorrected after that 2017 draft. But the I do okay. So Josh loses this week. Obviously, we he he kind of enters this new era. Uh, he's 0 three. Um, but. One thing that I, I do want to bring up here with Josh is that Lamar Jackson, if you watched the game on Monday or if you just looked at his stat line, you're wondering what's going on with Lamar. And is that an overreaction or are we actually becoming a little bit, you know, at least skeptical that he can replicate last season? I think maybe. I mean, the Chiefs defense is not like knowing for being great and they kind of slowed him down. Like I I didn't watch much of that game, but I know he struggled for most of the first half. I, he got it going a little bit in the third, but I start to be a little bit worried when you have these defenses that are not like known for being these super, superb defenses and maybe they've figured something out these defensive coordinators on how to slow him down. So I'd be a little bit worried. Um, I saw the comparison today or the other day on Twitter. Um, it compared Lamar Jackson and Giannis, where it's <laughs> like they have this one thing that they're just dominant at, but if you could take it away, it's just like they start to just crumble. And I think that might be maybe the stage in Lamar Jackson's career that we might be entering. So we'll see. Yeah, it could be teams could be catching on. And I'm looking at the numbers, you know, the past two weeks he scored nineteen and sixteen. And all of last season, he only scored under what twenty-one once. So already two of his lowest scoring games this season. And you know, this is a guy like if he puts up what you would expect his normal thirty point performance, he beats Calvin this week. And that's the difference in this game. So I don't know if I'm worried. I'm just it, it's just we're, yeah. we're monitoring the situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to jump over to Calvin because uh, Calvin has another good showing this week. Uh, he's two and one and uh, it was, it was his defense this week, kind of picking him up here. The offense was at one Oh three. Um, so it wasn't a, you know, an explosive week from that unit, which is kind of his strength. The defense kind of comes around with these new ads. Um, and the real the real story with this team right now that we're all monitoring is Kelvin Ridley. 
And I want to say, or I want to ask, is Calvin Ridley cementing himself as one of the best wide receivers in the NFL with what he's doing this season? I still want to see it with Julio healthy, but... Well, there's a lot of talk that uh, this may be the the season in which Julio has to take a back seat to the emergency. And I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that that's real, but it's three straight hundred yard games, four touchdowns already. And I mean, this was a player that was an incredible prospect. I mean, honestly, I thought a little bit underrated in the draft process. And there were, there were a lot of people. Well, I don't know. There are a lot of draft people that weren't high on him. Like there, I don't know what it was. It was the analytics crowd. It was something. It was about him being old and was, stuff. Yeah, you know? he's old. Yeah, his age. Yeah. I mean, he's twenty six. Or he's you know twenty five. He's twenty five. So he's only a couple of years behind that like bracket of like Michael Thomas and Nuke and like that group, which kind of feels yeah. like you know they're they're in their prime. They're like you know Ridley is, but. A guy who I thought was a lot like Amari Cooper, um, same same profile, same school, same type of a player, and just you know, and with Julio being out, he's obviously kind of had he had his moment this week, and uh, I, oh God, I, I think he just looks so damn good. Yeah, I'm I'm on board. Like really good football player. I'm not completely there fantasy wise yet because i he's had these like quick starts before like his rookie year he got out to this huge start and then he slowed down 2019 he was a little bit more consistent towards the end but just for a, from a fantasy standpoint i want to see well, even just this offense like it could be just everybody in this offense just explodes this year because it's just like they're gonna have to pass so much mm-hmm. um but from a fantasy standpoint it's it would be more so like the entire offense taking a step forward for me rather than him completely just overtaking becoming that true like alpha over julio i'm not ready to completely go there it could definitely happen this year though i'm not gonna say it yet though i yeah i'm very close i mean you look at the numbers and 10 plus targets in each game i mean that's really nice and he's doing big things when he gets the ball. He's scoring touchdowns. I mean, yeah, he's a top prospect coming out, sort of gotten a little forgotten about, and then all of a sudden he was getting hyped up in the offseason, and he's one of those players that's living up to the hype and even then some. So good for Kelvin. Yeah, similar situation with the twenty as as the 2017 running backs was the 2014 receivers, and I think that kind of created a notion that we you know we, we had to see it out of receivers right away. And I mean, Calvin Ridley had a great rookie season, uh, and, and even in terms of fantasy as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, given given guys like this, or even a DJ Moore, giving them a few years to really kind of develop and become these types of players. I think that's kind of the, you know, what we need to expect from receivers and, and even the guys this year uh, with the loaded class, giving them a couple of years to really develop uh, and then see what they're made of. Have you guys noticed just on red zone that it seems like Calvin Ridley is like all of his touchdowns. He's just 
stupid wide open. <laughs> yeah, he is. Like, I always yeah, see him like that at Alabama too. Uh, it's, I don't know what it is, but it's just like every time it pops over to red zone, I'm like, wow, Calvin Ridley's catching a touchdown with no one around him. Guy is an incredible route runner, and he's really fast. It's a pretty good combo to have. Uh, another guy who has the same combo, Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Last thing I want to talk about with Calvin, because uh, absolutely monster game from Jefferson. This is a player, not as not to the extent as Ridley, but he was underrated in the process. I get that it was a deep draft, but he was underrated. He shouldn't have went at 12. I wanted to pick him at 8, and I went with my guy over him, and he went to 12, and I really believe that we just saw the beginning of a special career uh, for Justin Jefferson. It's uh, it's funny because I, you know, I upload the videos of some of these guys, and occasionally people will come back and comment on them, some snarky comments. And I got one the other day. On a Jalen Rager video, it was an Eagles fan saying, I can't believe we drafted this guy. It was like someone was like, I can't believe we drafted this bum over Justin Jefferson. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I was just dying. Like, oh, it's, God. it happens so fast. But yeah, Je- Jefferson absolutely looked incredible um, on Sunday. And he's got, like yeah. got like a swagger about him. <laughs> I mean, is he has the end zone. <laughs> he was yeah. staying into the end zone like that's like this guy i like him he has the end factor doesn't fumble in those situations like dk (laughs) oh shit (laughs) yeah so uh calvin's wide receiver room slowly starting to become a fearsome uh group for the future this team obviously uh we we've talked about it with the running backs but if the wide receivers can catch up with that scary team another one of those teams if we had six if we had six playoff teams i think he'd be there but yeah. all right uh let's let's get to the end of this it's been a long one um but last game me and riley i mean this was a straightforward effort didn't cover the 70 point spread but uh got it done this week got my first win of the season and the first thing I want to talk about is Mike Evans because what a stat line for Mike. <laughs> yeah, you want to talk about his Jerome Bettis wide receiver <laughs> line? <laughs> it's oh man. I mean that I happens. So. That's what happens with him. It's like there's games where he'll just disappear, but um like he scored the touchdowns in this one, but then he'll go off for like thirty. And that's pretty much yeah. the Mike Evans experience. And you're, about like to, you're about to learn 20 yards and like three touchdowns. One yeah. Week. <laughs> um, but for you, I mean, Godwin might be hurt for a little bit here, so he's going to be getting more targets. That might be, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I mentioned this when we were initially talking Caleb, but I said, Mike Evans kind of feels like a player that's more fun to look at than he is to actually own. Like, Love looking at my lineup. When Mike's in there, it's gonna feel great, Mike Thomas. Um, but you know, I got you know, I sacrifice a little bit of that consistent presence with Allen for the boom bust of Mike Evans. Kind of just hoping that the you know the floor that Mike Thomas and Nuke give me is yeah. gonna be so dramatic that I can kind of buffer a few of these bad weeks for Mike. And I, I mean, bad weeks and he has <laughs> yeah, touchdowns. Exactly. 
I mean, it was it was fine. Um, T Higgins, man. <laughs> T Higgins, my God, just oh, I was I was screaming. I was just dude. T so Higgins happy. might arrive faster than anyone thought. Like, oh yeah. Each time I've watched AJ Green, it's like every time he falls over, he looks like he gets hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and he just like hobbles up and then he's not hurt but it looks like it it's so true <laughs> oh man someone said he looks like a claymation like just fall <laughs> <laughs> trying to get back up but yeah. even like higgins out snapped boyd and aj green i think i saw somewhere so that's wild for a rookie receiver nine boyd targets a great game too so. yeah yeah, no, I'm super excited to see how that goes. Burrow's throwing a ton, so. Um, and then just last thing here, Chase Young's going to miss a game um, at least, but uh, Mike Thomas potentially back uh, for the week four game with Tim, so we'll see. So you're saying he's not going to get an upset? Um, that's Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm <laughs> saying I might beat him by 150, so. <laughs> Um, all right. Well, last team then, Riley. Um, you know, it's the kind of same situation as Tim here. He's he's currently uh, the war plus is on pace for the worst ever, along with Tim. He's not last, obviously, because that's Tim's. But um, great timing with the Herbert trade. Dwayne Haskins has a terrible week this week, and I'm starting to kind of lose hope for a player that I didn't really love to begin with. I not really seen the development from him so far. Uh, AJ Brown still not healthy, so we're, we've kind of yet to see that in action. Uh, and Henry Ruggs also sidelined right now, so dealing with some injuries along with also like navigating the waters of being an expansion team. Yeah, so. it's, it's been a rough start, just some bad luck, but it's always going to be that way. Yep. It's going to be a long year. Yeah. Yeah. Move on. 0-3. All right. Well, that's that's week three, guys. And I, you know, I said at the beginning that I was disappointed with last week's performance, and I hope that this uh, two-hour, whatever exp- exploration of week three was was good enough to make up for that. And we still have a lightning round to do here. Mm-hmm. So let's make it let's make it a real lightning round to try to yeah. keep this thing under the two hour mark. But <laughs> right. yep. let's jump just right gonna, into it here, Frage. So I'm just gonna quick reset last week. Uh Caleb wins going three and three. Then go two and four on his picks, and I went one and five. Oh, picks, damn. I, I picked Dan right, that was it. <laughs> the guy who made the odds. Come yep. On, yep. Can't pick Maybe. my own odds. <laughs> All right, so moving on to this week, I'm gonna we're gonna start with the blowouts first. This week we have Dirty Dave matching up with the Dynasty team established 2020, Colin, and we got Dave favored by uh, 80. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I'm gonna take Colin to cover. I what was the biggest blowout last week? It was like what's 60 points. I think I saw it. I think it was 60 because it was oh, Dave uh, over Parker. Dave would have beat Colin by 130 last week. Oh, God. Good God. Okay, I still believe in Colin, maybe. I'm taking him. I mean, I I believe in Colin's team to be 
respectable, but I believe a lot more in Dave's team to be historically dominant. So <laughs> I'm gonna take Dave to cover the eighty. I'm yeah, I'm going Dave too until I see him not do it at this point. Because this yeah. point, I think he's just gonna score two hundred twenty each week, basically. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right, moving on to the other mismatch. We have the Money Makers uh, with their second cupcake in a row taking on the Insulin Pens. Uh, favored by 72 points. Uh, I'm going to, I'll just pick first. I'm going to take, I'm going to go with another cover. I'm taking Mingle. Tim's team sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll take Mingle in this one. I should have probably went higher. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't cover last week. Kind of disappointed with that. Had a had a long talk with the squad this week, and uh, Mike Thomas potentially back in the lineup this week. I'm going to take myself to cover this time around. What did you pick, Caleb? I took uh, Mingo. Okay. All right, and we got uh, Dan taking on the Rebels from Greenland. Uh, we got Dan favored by 45 this week. Yeah, I kind of want to move to Greenland. It sounds nice. Yeah, it does um, sound incredible. <laughs> uh, I Mingo, you go first. I gotta look. All right, you know, I, I, obviously, I'm gonna pick Dan to win this game, but I think, I think Josh has enough fight in him to cover that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Josh on that. Yeah. I think I am too. I think maybe we see a bounce back week for Lamar against the Washington football team. Um, that might keep him close enough there. I'm going to hop on that bandwagon too. All right. Moving on to Carter versus Riley. We got Carter. Might move to 3 and 1 here, the favorite. Oh, oh. Uh, surprisingly, Carter favored by. 35 this week. Hmm. What do you think? This one's interesting. I'm going to take Carter. I'm gonna... Yeah. Uh, fuck it. I'm taking Riley. I. Ah, uh... oh, man. <laughs> nah. Nah. I don't think. I mean, Chark might be back. It kind of makes the lineup look a little bit better, but I pretty gassed on this Carter team right now. I'm going to take him. <laughs> Alright. Then we got the Dark Brotherhood playing the Badger running back club. And we got the nice little game here. Oh. Uh, Dark Brotherhood favored by five points. These mm. teams that I think are scoring very similar this year so far. Uh, um... Bet on myself last week. That didn't work. Gonna, gonna bet. A, I'm gonna bet on Calvin. I'm gonna go with Calvin. Cover that win. I'm going with. Uh, I'm gonna go with you to cover. Yeah, they are only separated by 0.5 points per game right now. This is this is a good test for both teams, and I think at this point. Oh man, Caleb, I I have a lot of belief in this Kelvin team right now, and I'm gonna roll with him this week. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. 
Just uh, Calvin, don't take any disrespect from that line. Just very close teams gave a little preseason pedigree favor to uh, Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> and the Brock Bowl, the annual Ooh. Brock Bowl. Um, my team banking on it maybe still having a few injuries. So this might seem big. I'm going uh, minus twenty for Parker. Oh Jesus! Oh wow, Caleb! (laughs) Christ! Sorry. I think yeah. I mean, I this Fraser team is is scrappy. It's been the mo. We talked about that, but Parker is he's on another level right now. I think second highest scoring team in the league, and I think he gets it done think he can do that this week i'm gonna take park parker too <laughs> i <laughs> i the only reason i did this was because i quick checked russell wilson's matchup uh this week and i don't even remember who it was but i just remember grimacing and oh, just being huh? like oh jesus christ it's gonna be one of those so yeah oh. well that's week four and uh, we'll be back next week for another two hours of fun, everybody. Oh, no, that, was, that was a good one. We had a lot to talk about, uh, talked about the league and hit a lot of players that maybe we kind of skimped on for the first couple weeks. Well, we were, we were feeling it out. You know, you don't want to overreact too much. This isn't oh. Colin Cowherd's show. You know, this is a respectable <laughs> yeah show i missed so. that segment though that's that fun Should last have week. one of those each week yeah <laughs> i'll be the moderator you guys the FS1 <laughs> segment of the week <laughs> is lamar is lamar is, washed should lamar he might be, be hot he might be <laughs> should they tank and get lawrence <laughs> should they move lamar to receiver I, you know, just every morning, man, my 10 minute drive to work, sports talk radio in Wisconsin just never fails to impress me with these just god awful takes. I just. Who, who is better, uh, LeBron or MJ? <laughs> I saw that today. Skip, tweet, skip tweeted that out. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I uh, hope you enjoyed. Hope you're satisfied with the recap of your squad this week, and we will catch you next week. So let's make it a great week, everybody.